Straight Ahead in association with the 606 Club, bringing you the best in jazz every Wednesday evening from 10. So world, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, girl. What I have needed was a gentle touch, the kind of healing we all want so much. I looked up, you were standing there, as if you knew of my heart's despair. Your kind of love is so fine and so sweet, heaven sent you here to set me free. Hey girl, I'm falling, falling in love again. Oh girl, I'm falling, falling in love again. Don't you know I'm falling, falling in love again? Hey girl, I'm falling, falling in love again. Said I'm falling in. Don't understand all the things that you do But you can bet that I trust in you Loving you took me by surprise Now I know what the real thing feels like Stand beside me through thick and thin Be my confidant and my best friend You do that and I'll give to you My heart and my soul and a love that's true Hey girl, I'm falling, falling in love again Oh, don't you know I'm falling, yeah, I'm falling in love again I can't believe I'm falling, falling in love again Oh, I'm falling, said I'm falling in love again Yes, I'm falling in love again, yeah, yeah. Ooh, girl, I'm falling, 
And a very good Wednesday evening to you. Many thanks indeed for joining me. Two hours of jazz lay ahead of us now, brought to you as ever, along with the 606 Club of Chelsea. Thanks to Colin, and he's back here on Solar next Wednesday evening from 8. So getting us going this evening was Nicola's Beard, a track I haven't listened to in ages, but I was going through the collection this week and just knew that we had to open up the show with it. Nicola's Beard from his album Visions, Falling in Love. Carrying on right now with a guest that we had on the show about a year ago, Alison Neal, and the title track from her album, I Wished on the Moon.
Alison Neal, a very, very fine sax player. And we just heard from her album, the title track from her album, I Wished on the Moon. So there's a very slight difference to the taste and flavour of Straight Ahead this week. I thought uh, normally, I know, we feature on the music from the Blue Note years and the kind of mid-50s to mid-60s. But this week we are changing things around and uh, we are going to hear from contemporary musicians at uh, recording music right now, such as Kurt Elling, Jamie Cullum, Christy McBride and Candace Springs. But next this evening we've got something from Kamazi Washington and that album of his called The Epic and his version of Cherokee.
And that was Kamazi Washington. It featured Patrice Quinn on the vocals from his 2015 three-CD set called The Epic, and we just listened to Cherokee. So although we're featuring more contemporary jazz on the show this week, we are still going to have our buddies bit, and that's next on Straight Ahead, recorded live at the Shea Club in Hollywood in 1966, Basically Blue.
that was Buddy's bit this week. We uh, went back to the album Swinging New Big Band, basically blue. Just a few years earlier now, we're going to be listening to Freddie Roach. He's on the organ, and it's from his set called Good Move. We're going to be listening to When Melindy Sings. Thank you. 
Pretty great record on the organ there, along with Clarence Johnson on the drums, Eddie Wright was on the guitar, Hank Mobley on tenor, and Blue Mitchell on trumpet when Melindy sings. So, it is time we get into our first part of the interview with Quentin Collins. Really great chat we had. We're going to talk to him right now. And at the start of the interview, you're going to hear one of his tracks called Road Warrior. Straight Ahead, every Wednesday from 10pm, with London's leading music venue, The 606 Club. Thank you. 
And it's come to that part of the show again, the uh, interview series Keeping Musicians Live. And tonight on the show, we've got trumpeter, composer, arranger, educator, Quentin. Quentin Collins, good evening to you. Good evening, David. Thank you. Thank you for finding time to talk to us. So time, let's talk about time first. Is that something you've got an abundance of right now? Um, theoretically, yes. Um, <laughs> although I'm finding as the lockdown kind of progresses that um, the days are definitely going faster. I don't know if you find it. Yeah, thing. there's a new, you get yourself a new structure suddenly, don't you? And, yes. and you find, you know, I thought I'd run out of things to do, but somehow yeah. they keep going on. So let, if we just start from the day of the lockdown, was your calendar and diary full at that point? It was full until pretty much Christmas. Wow. Wow. And um, I actually uh, was having shows cancelled the from the beginning of February. Oh, so promoters and clubs were beginning to get wind. Well, there was a tour to China that was cancelled <laughs> in the beginning of February uh, with the Carlyswood Band. And um, that was the first sign that it was... Uh, I kind of heard things on the grapevine a couple of weeks before that even that this was a little different but that was the first clear sign it was going to have a major effect on work and it just snowballed from there really mm. i mean the stories i keep hearing is that the phone just suddenly began ringing day after day for musicians it was like another f promoter another club just saying no off 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 so how did yeah. that affect you mentally at the beginning um to begin with i suppose it's it's a little bit of panic um in that you just don't know what's going to happen Mm. Uh, but 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 I don't know. Um, I've I'd say somewhat taken it in my stride simply because it's only a finite amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, you'd imagine, and um, in a way, it's an opportunity to sort of reassess what you're up to. Anyway, uh, in terms of you know creatively speaking and also professionally speaking, so. I'm trying to be as positive as possible. Let's put it that way. No, that's, and there are, yeah, there are no, a lot of positives you can take. There, there definitely are. And the more I speak to musicians, the more I can see there are positives coming out of this. And uh, use that magic word that I love to talk about, the creativity. Because obviously you guys, by the nature of what you do, you're creative beasts. And you've had your, not only your living taken away from you, but your expression taken away from you. So I know you've got a, a decent home studio. Are you managing to practice, write, arrange? Um, uh, yeah, my, my personal goal... Uh, it took a little while because I actually got sick with the virus. I had a few weeks out. and Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a moment. You went through all that. And then it took a little while for me to get my head around what I wanted to achieve. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, sort of bit by bit, day by day, figuring it out. And the first thing I did was was to put in place a routine. So like a, a sort of discipline structure so that I kind of, knew vaguely what I was going to be doing at any one part of the day. And mm -hmm. I've yeah, mostly focused on obviously staying uh, active because mm -hmm. that's crucial mm -hmm. for your mental and physical health. But then uh, I would say uh, practice and, and writing are the two main um, activities I'm doing. And then a few sort of online collaborations, uh, that kind of thing. And uh, you mentioned that you had the virus. I think you're the first, in fact, you definitely are the first musicians you've had on the series that have actually had it. So you are first. So yeah. tell us, what was that like? How badly did it well, affect you? Well, just, I mean, obviously, bear in mind there is no testing. So uh, you can't actually officially say you've had it. But it was, with me, it was super clear cut. Um, I went through all the exact um, symptoms that were sort of outlined. Um, and in two weeks, almost to the day, um, of going through everything from the high fever through the, you know, um, the sore throat, it got into my chest, into my lungs. I was pretty much tied to my bed for about six days um, with high fever. And 
you know, this this, this strike off, which wouldn't go away. So obviously playing was completely out, both mm-hmm. the piano, which is where I spend a lot of my day, and obviously the trumpet. Um, I took uh, probably a total of three weeks out of playing the, the horn, um, and that I'm now just building up again because it's been about three weeks since I've been healthy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was it, physically, it was it was it was really tough. Mentally, it was okay. Um, I kind of always knew it was a, again, it was going to end at some point, and I would get better. So, but I physically, it takes it's totally is a tough bug. The virus, sorry. Uh, I, I mean, it's definitely the worst thing I've ever had in terms of just illnesses. You know, mm. I've been, I've had other things happen and like sporting injuries and whatnot. But in terms of just a, a bug or a virus, yeah, it's definitely, and it's very different from the flu because of that dry cough and the fact that it, it sort of goes down into your chest and then into your lungs. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I've been joking with my friends and family, but I'm pretty sure being a trumpet player and having very strong lungs, because they also swim um, a lot, uh, I think it really helps fight it off in a big way. Which would make logical sense, wouldn't it? Is, is there any legacy yeah. when you're playing now, when you're back on the horns, do you feel your chest is tight at all or are you feeling fittish Gosh. again now? That's interesting. I've been taking super good care of myself. And um, so I am feeling okay. I'm feeling fine, actually. feeling pretty strong. Um, I, w- I don't think so, is what I would say. You could certainly hear it on my voice until maybe just a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, the cough really deeply affected my voice for some time. Mm. It seems to be back to normal now. Um, but yeah, I would say I'm probably back in, in, in uh, yeah, good physical shape now. Uh, so I'm very thankful for that. Looking at your career, you've been playing for over 20 years now, haven't you, professionally? I guess 24 since I left school, but there was some college stuff in between, yeah. First and only job? Uh, no. <laughs> so you, mean, you weren't always a musician then? You didn't... Yeah, um, yeah no, I, I, no, I've I, always been a musician. I mean, even when I was at school, I was I was busy gigging around and stuff. But um, no, I mean, I obviously, like, you know, the early days, I took a few part-time jobs here and there for a number of years really um mm. but nothing of any content not a career choice no no, no, no the no. only career choice so far so far and then your first album was released back in 2007 wasn't it quite a few years back now <laughs> something like that first Gosh, solo yes. album at least yeah yeah that's some time ago and what was the band around you then how did i mean were you um well back then uh it was i was very close friends uh well still am uh, good mates with um michael janish the founder of whirlwind records um met him pretty much very soon after he got he, he came to the country and um we formed a strong friendship and a uh, musical relationship and he helped me very much getting that first record together it was my compositions and um you know, in a way, he really co-produced it with me. So it was Mike on bass, um, wonderful vibes player called Jim Hart, internationally renowned musician, fantastic, who was, he's my generation, went to college pretty much the same time. Um, and then a drum from Scotland who's an uh, absolute phenomenon called Alan Koska, who works with all the sort of top names, Tommy Smith and the Scottish Jazz Orchestra and uh, many different artists up there. So, yeah, it was, um, we were a lot younger in those days. And then I had, um, let me see, Tony Kofi, uh, who's been a, a, a long-time mentor of mine. He's on the show a couple of weeks back. Lovely, fascinating story, fascinating story. Fabulous guy. Yeah, lovely chap to talk to, he really was. Um, and do you enjoy the studio recording process? I do. Um, I mean, you know, um, with each record you make, you learn more and more about the preparation 
process mm-hmm. um, and how each one requires a different amount and type of preparation. Um, you also learn um, a lot about, you know, sound. Um, and sound is obviously super important. Mm-hmm. It's the most important thing is to, is to capture the sound you want mm-hmm. of your of the instruments that you're using and especially your own. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I do. I really enjoy it. Yeah, thoroughly enjoy it. And I, I suppose live performance would always take the biscuit. That's the, 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 what you prefer doing, I'm assuming. Yeah. I mean, I've, you know, in, in my career, I've been lucky to do a lot of studio work for other people, sort of session work and um and also produced a, a bunch of records as well for a few different artists as well as my own. And, and um, I, you know, it's just a different discipline, really. That's, that's the, the, the it's, it's, it's one part of the jigsaw being a musician, you know, and performing is obviously probably the biggest piece and that even that's multifaceted. But I would say um, the, the recording process is, is equally as important, um, if not more so, because it's what's making an album is what propels your career um, forward. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's absolutely intrinsic and super important that you not only document where you are, um, it's very much a record at that moment in time, isn't it? It, it is. That's what, that's one side of it. But then the next side is that, that, that document of where you are, allows you to um to push your career forward through you know recognition and and exposure um and if you don't what i've realized you know it's something that i think most musicians realize when they when they start making records is that without it you kind of do become very stagnant in, in, in your career You've got to keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting how much importance you're placing on that. You more than most of the other musicians I've spoken to, actually. You obviously really do enjoy the whole recording process and what it's creating of that moment. It's a real catalogue of your personality at that time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I I really hope to, um, you know, I really want to be more prolific with that. Honestly, I do. And, um, and I think that I'm just coming into a stage of my life where that's a distinct possibility. I've got two that I've done in the year, in the last year, have been released. Two very different things. Which we'll um, talk about in just a moment, yeah. Sure, sure. And, um, you know, I'd like now, I'm feeling like this is a period I'd like to just keep, you know, just keep focusing on that. And the, the touring and uh, whatnot, that is equally as important to me. Um, but it, they, they go hand in hand and... You tour, you tour an album, and it's yeah. got a cycle. And yeah. then you you tour, and you make another album, and then you tour it, and it's got a, it's got a cycle like that. And of course, not only your own frontline gigs, you've also been on stage and played with Fred Wesley, Gregory Porter, Alicia Keys, and a big part of the Carl Eastwood band as well, aren't you? I mean, you mentioned earlier on you were due to be going to China yeah. with him. You've been with Carl now yeah. for what about twelve? 13 years or something, is it? Um, almost 10 as the sort of the the, the, the the trumpet player. I had two or three years before that of um, depping here and there, which was fab. And yeah, um, so a long time. Does it's, he take the same band time. around the world now then? It's always the same band. He doesn't the, do pickups at all. It's um, The only territory where it changes is the States. And um, although, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, that's for for various reasons. It's very prohibitive to, to tour anywhere in the world as jazz outfit, and I think it's probably mostly a, a, um, for those reasons. But yeah, he's got a great US band. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from that, we do every territory, um, which is great. So you spend quite a few weeks of the year generally on the road. Yes, a lot a lot of the time. And the the nature of that, that gig is that we do do a lot of in and out. Um, we'll do two or three hits on a, on a, in a row. We will often do one hit, but mm-hmm. um, and then maybe do like five or six days here and, 
then we might when we went to we went to Japan um, just before all this really kicked off um, in the middle of February, and um, we were there for pretty much the best part of a week. Uh, Isn't it crazy? As recently as that, we can say in February we're in Japan. Seems like another world right now, well, isn't it? I'll tell you what, you know, um, it, it was at the time there was the, the cruise ship, I forget the name. Oh, of course. Of course. That, was, that was off the coast of Yokohama, and we were actually staying in the bay, not that far, you know, away from it. But it just it didn't seem like something so immediate then, mm. Um, mm. although it was looming definitely looming and everyone thought we were mad going to japan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> musicians mad <laughs> so you yeah, mentioned you're mentioning that you re- released a couple of albums last year we've been playing tracks during the course of the show this evening from the road warrior album uh that i understand was very much the ethos behind what we're talking about being on the road a traveling band kind of thing is that right yeah it's it's um i guess over the past 10 15 years i've spent a lot of time with different bands um touring and in a way it's kind of a salute it's a nod to all those guys who are um basically um people uh, musicians who are not only touring uh, around constantly trying to make a living but also holding down you know your regular life back home and balancing the two because it's it sounds like an awfully glamorous existence but the, the reality is that it's just super hard to create any sort of normality when you're at home unless you're very lucky and certain things certain circumstances occur um so really it's a kind of salute um an homage to all my comrades my um compatriots my colleagues my friends and musicians that i admire around the world who, who are doing that
that was the first part of our interview with trumpeter Quentin Collins. The second part will be coming up just before 11.30. I mentioned earlier on in the show that we had some Liz Wright, and she's next on Straight Ahead. It's a track that features Christy McBride, from whom we should be hearing later as well. But first of all, Liz's track, going back to her album from 2003, it's the title track from her set called Salt. Take your song from you. That was Liz Wright and Salt. And as we're coming up to the halfway point on the show this evening, we're going to keep it contemporary. I mentioned we're going to be playing some Candice Springs and she's next on Straight Ahead. Listen online. On DAB and on smart speakers, straight ahead with London's leading music venue, the 606 Club. 
Don't cares for me. I'm happy as I can be. I've learned to love and to live. Devil may care. No cares and woes. Whatever comes later goes. That's how I'll take and I'll give. Devil may care. When the day is through, I'll suffer no regret. I know that he who frets loses the night. He can hold back the dawn. He who is wise never tries to revise what's past and gone. Live love today, love count tomorrow or May. Don't even stop for a sigh. It doesn't help if you cry. That's how I'll live and I'll die. Devil make it. Devil, devil, devil make it. Devil, devil, devil make it. Candice Springs from her current set called Women Who Raise Me, Devil May Care. Time now for the second part of our interview from Quentin Collins and the first track we're going to hear is The Hill. Thank you. 
and it, it was met with wonderful critical acclaim. I mean, see, reading some of the, the press oh, on it, you. it was met with tr- and and the lineup. It's interesting that you actually brought some American guys onto the album as well, didn't you? I did. I did three. I mean, it was, which not many of the was, British guys do. Funny enough, it's it's you know <laughs> if you look at most of the, the British sets that have been released over the last couple of years, yeah. they're sticking with the London guys that we all know the names of. But bringing the American guys on was that a, a, obviously a <laughs> cognitive decision of yours? It's, well, sorry, it was a cognitive that? decision to bring the American very influence much. in. Yeah, very much. Um, there's all sorts of reasons. Um, I mean, let's uh, let's be let's be very clear. There's a wonderful pool of of world class musicians here in the UK um, on every instrument, um, and so many guys that I admire hugely. Um, but um, for this album, I did want to make a, a sort of a, a straight ahead album. Uh, with a slightly contemporary feel, but you know, I don't see music like that. I just see music as how it comes out of me. And I was brought up listening very much to American jazz, and really the the full history of the music. And all my idols have been um, very much from the American um, history. And um, are we talking sort of the Lee Morgans, Blue Mitchells? Or... I'm t- I'm talking the whole history, honestly. Oh, I, not I was, just trumpeters. Across the yeah, board, not not just trumpeters, not just hard rock trumpeters, but um, you know musicians from the very start of the history of jazz to the contemporary mm. uh, musicians and scene, and uh, you know. So anyway, uh, I've always kept abreast of what's going on across the world, um, in particular on the, the New York scene and the U.S. scene, and um, it made sense for me. I wanted to marry a British horn section with an American rhythm team. That that made great sense to me. And um, as it turned out, um, due to, to uh, an unfortunate circumstance, um, the original outer player, Tom Housen, who collaborated on the compositions with me, um, was unable to make the recording date. And we were extremely fortunate to have the wonderfully talented Melania Gillard, um, who is American, although she lives in Ireland. Um, so in, statistically, we were outnumbered. <laughs> <four to two. laughs> but um, it's got, I think it's got a, a British feel as well as an American feel, compositionally, definitely. It, it's, it, I, if I had to put it into one word, having listened to the album a few times through uh, before talking with you, robust, it's just got that big sound to it. I mean, it's a wonderful flavour and texture in there, but it's just as a sure. lovely fullness to the sound that the whole ensemble bring to it. It's a wonderful one. It's, uh, I mean, the album's available on your website as well as other it places, quentincollinsmusic.com. And uh, it's on Bandcamp as well, I know. But the lineup there, it was produced by Jean Toussaint, wasn't it? It was, yeah. He's uh, someone I hugely admire as a musician. Um, his lineage, he's got a direct lineage to obviously through the Art Blakey Jazz Messengers connection. That That is so close to my heart, that music. And, mm. and uh, Jean is such a part of that. And also he's a great educator of many generations of musicians here in London, across the UK. So, And uh, yeah, I just hugely admire him, so it made perfect sense. How closely do you work with the producer when it's your own project and the recording's done? <laughs> yeah. Mm. When, oh, when the recording's done on a straight-ahead record like this, not so closely because um, it's more about getting, uh, you know, I mean, there's, a, there's only limited amounts of uh, stuff you do in post-production on the Shaz album. It's, it's basically mixing and mastering. Um, and he, uh, Jean spent a day um, mixing it with uh, Troy Miller, the, the great drummer who, who was also he's a incredible producer and uh, mixing engineer and so they they spent a day together and then Troy and I spent a bit of time together finishing it off um and then the build really, up, so sorry. the build up to the album 
you that's when you're working quite close with Jean or the producer. Yeah, yeah. And really it's in the studio. Um I worked closely with Tom Harrison in the build up. And then, you know, we even went to the extent of holding rehearsals with a full band in London to pre- to prepare simple rehearsal recordings for the American guys before they came over, which made perfect sense. So they mm. had a preparation, an audio preparation. Um, um, but really, it's in the studio, having that extra pair of ears where the producer on a jazz album earns their, their crust. And, and it was invaluable. There were just things that he pointed out, little things that he pointed out. Um, that you just you're too caught up in it yourself as, mm-hmm. as a, too close uh, yeah you're too close as, as as the band leader but also just as a musician in the studio you're just too close to your own the music and your own performance that you can't see those things so yeah that's where he really came into his own and also having someone like Jean around it, it, you know he instantly commands respect of everybody because there's an aura yeah, yeah yeah and and it really creates it's just a nice a nice vibe to have someone like that around this reassurance you know how many days were we in the studio for with road warrior sorry two, many, uh, two, two days two, two days, days yeah. and that was recorded yeah, in, in the uk was it it was recorded in the uk a few of the americans over we spent a couple of days rehearsing went in the studio for a couple of days um so you know all in all a few days now, we've established when you said you had gigs booked through pretty much to the end of the year that you're a busy musician. So we've talked about your Carl Eastwood work. We've talked about the band project here. And also, of course, you do a lot of work with Brandon. You've got a whole um, other project. Yeah. We, yeah. Oh, Brandon. Well, I mean, we, we, we haven't been focusing on the QCBA thing for some time now. Um, because we basically spend so much time together with Kyle. Uh, I think we have our fill of each other musically. <laughs> You just need a musical divorce for a certain period of time. Well, I, I I love that guy, and I have nothing but the utmost respect for him musically and as a as a human being too. And um, I think we we made a couple of records. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we definitely made a couple of records. We we did a lot of touring of those records, and in general, um, over a little period of time, um, number of years ago. And I think it sort of ran its course and Brandon's got his own projects and I've got my own projects and that. And it seems, you know, it's, it seems, I mean, it doesn't discount the possibility of ever coming back and, and touring again together and mm. the, the QCBA name or whatever. And you obviously you had another album that you released last year as well. So how, I mean, how much, was it a very different project, a very different way of working? Totally different. And, you know, I would even go so far as to say it wasn't really an album of mine. It was more of a commission um, by a record label based in London who um, who do these direct-to-disc recordings, mm-hmm. uh, which means that you're in the studio and you're, it's, it's literally going straight on the wax <laughs> in layman's terms. And you, so therefore you have to record a whole side in one go. Straight. Straight with no, I mean, even uh, you know, the gap that between the takes is the gap on the actual record. Oh, so literally three, four seconds, five seconds, that's it, and then you're off again. Yeah, and wow. if you make a mistake, you've just got to start again. That's some pressure. Um, yeah, it was some pressure. So I was asked to put it together and I accepted graciously because it was a great opportunity to work with some some great people. So I pulled together and sort of an all star, if you like, quartet with Gary Husband on drums, who's who's one of my truly one of my musical idols, um, in, especially in this country, but, you know, he's just one of the most incredible musicians walking the planet. Jason Rebello on piano, who's, uh, well, we all know about Jason, who's mm-hmm. one of the best pianists this country's ever produced, and incredible Joe Sanders, who is on my Road Warrior album on bass. And then we added 
uh, fairly last minute, um, a good friend of mine, Miles Bald, who's a wonderful um, percussionist. And we basically went in having never met uh, as, a, as a group. Um, we did about an hour, an hour and a half rehearsal in the studio. This is uh, up at Air Studios, the fantastic Air Linda in, in uh, Belsize Park. And, and we went off and did it. <laughs> it fascinates me with jazz musicians. I, I don't know if you are a species of yourself, but when I certainly see you on live gigs, and I know yeah, you kind of know the charts you might be given. If it's, say you're, you're, it's not one of your, your gigs, you're turning up, the way you just suddenly on stage pull it together, it still fascinates me. Every gig is so different, so live, so vibrant, and jazz gigs almost ruined any other kind of music for me because the, the musicianship that you can see being created yeah. in front of you. It's just amazing. It's amazing. There's a non-musician watching it, and that's what I'm missing of not being able to go to the gigs. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Me too. I'm, I'm actually missing seeing live music as much as performing, I must mm. admit. Um, but yeah, it is, that is intrinsic to the jazz musician's skill is, is the sort of being able to put it together on the spot. Mm. Um, and, and it was definitely a conscious part of my decision um, in, in preparing for this, for the a day in the life, as it's called. Um, because... I just wanted to, I knew, I fully trusted the, the incredible musician around, musicianship around me and I wanted to see how it would sound if we just went in and did a direct disc recording having never played together. Um, and yeah, it's cool. It, it turned out great. You know. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned at the beginning of the interview about doing some online work. Are you doing online tutorials or online education or online gigs, which I know a lot of musicians are doing now? You know what? I'm... I'm, I'm kind of veering a little away from that for now. Uh, we'll see how long lockdown goes. And um, I guess I'll have to probably dip my toe at some point. Um, but mostly just focusing on like uh, collaborating with music other musicians and producers. And that's what I'm going to focus on. Whether it's um, actually actively online, you know, social media videos. Oh, so and, you could be writing something together collaboratively, collaboratively kind of with something, yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. So, I mean, really, um, stuff that I would be doing normally. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I'm sure as my technological skills, uh, limited technological skills uh, broaden over the coming weeks and months, I'm sure that I'll be trying all sorts of different things out. I'm not ruling anything out at all. I'm just, uh, you know, focus. I've decided for now to focus on just practicing routine practicing and and also developing my my technology and presumably when you're busy working you don't get much time to go back to the basics of practice so what's that like um well i i started life as a pianist and um until the age sort of late very late teens i was absolutely dead set i was going to be a piano playing trumpet player as opposed to a trumpet playing pianist and um and i've actually spent the last month or so um very much on the piano other than when I was sick. And um, it's really nice to, to feel all these, you know, things coming back, the muscle memory and the repertoire. I've been working hugely on repertoire as well as writing my own stuff, of course, which is vital. Um, and uh, I would say that, that that is, you know, it's one of the main positives I can take from this. Yeah, and that I was just going to say, that's the sort of good that is coming out of this. You've now had that creative time just to go back to something that was so big in your life, obviously, as, yeah. a, as a youngster coming into the music world. And now to have the time forced upon us that you're using to get back to the roots and, and just enjoy it again. Yeah, exactly. I think it is important. And, and everybody, you know, what's really important is that you, you're not too hard on yourself in terms of oh, i'm going to do this i'm going to do that i'm going to do this i think um i you know i've had a very busy couple of years 
especially the last couple of years, making music, producing music. Um, so I'm I'm trying to be kind to myself at this at, at this stage, mm-hmm. saying saying okay, well, maybe it's time just to, to go into myself a little bit and focus on just the playing bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully I can still be eating baked beans in, in two months' time. <laughs> it's <laughs> interesting you mentioned there about repertoire. Of course, I've learned through the course of immersing myself in musicians so much over the last few, last few years how desperately important yeah. repertoire really is to you guys. Yeah. It's seriously it's, important, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. I've always banged the drum, always banged the drum of repertoire. Mm. Um, and Because I, I really feel... Um, this is my very simple take on it. I feel like each um, piece that you work on um, broadens your palette of knowledge, um, and you and and you bring elements into your improvising on on all tunes. Mm. So if you think of it as a as a canvas, and you've got a, a palette with certain colours, and each tune, you know, I've been learning a lot of uh, monk tunes, learning this monk tunes last couple of weeks, and each tune. Uh, that uh, I focus on, I, I might really work on a particular voicing or a set of voicings that might come up in another tune and, and it sounds appropriate, you know. And so that's another color in my palette, and it broadens and broadens the more repertoire you, you work on. So I've always been a, <laughs> a real taskmaster. Ask any of my students, uh, a real taskmaster about you know learn repertoire and tunes yeah kind of no it's really come through to me my, my daughter's a sax player and you know so that's how i kind of got to understand about repertoire being kind of important awesome. yeah so yeah, it, it really is so look we've taken a lot of your evening up but i really appreciate speaking Pleasure. with you and the one thing that's coming through tonight is enthusiasm you've just got so much spark about you you're obviously <laughs> getting through this really well i mean uh, to have had so the virus fun. anyway but i mean you, you know you look oh, incredibly yeah. well we're doing this over video oh, call so look incredibly well <laughs> but it's your, your enthusiasm it's, it's bouncing off at me so you know i'm, oh, I'm going to try nice. and up my game tomorrow and make a list oh that's right. <laughs> well i tell you what the, the key is uh, um you know this whole um thing about going out once a day and i was i self-isolated for 23 or 24 days just to make sure that my 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 um symptoms had fully fully gone and i wasn't there's no chance of as being any any danger to anyone myself and then obviously being super careful when i did first start going out the house what i do is i get up really early and i get out there and i do my exercise before anyone's out yeah you know yeah. And that's really that's the life goal right now it's just the kind of before the the people who you know are perhaps not the most natural social distances uh, come out uh, on the streets and of, then get uh, out back next size and onto the piano that's it. Straight on the piano. That's it's not, it. it's yeah. not a bad way to spend the day, really, is it? I'm enjoying it so far. As long as as long as I can survive and I've you know I've me, that's I'm happy. Yep, no, pretty much the philosophy <laughs> I'm taking. So don't forget, visit his uh, website, quentincollinsmusic.com. You can buy all the albums there. It's a great website as well, really clean and easy to read. I, it, I do like a, an attractive website. It just makes research so much easier when you actually Brilliant. want to look at the website. So pop over <laughs> to Quentin's website, have a look at there, pick up the album, support these guys during their lockdown. They need our help right now. So Quentin, I can't wait for you to be back on stage and uh, hear yeah. you live once again. Likewise. Thanks, David. Many thanks, David. Thank you for your time, Quentin. Cheers. Thank you.
and that was Quentin Collins. The track we heard just at the end of the interview is left unsaid. Many thanks indeed for your time, Quentin. Really enjoyed speaking with you and uh, particularly fascinating to hear how an album comes together and the uh, the processes that you go through to make it. Don't forget to visit his website. It's a really, really interesting website. You can pick up his albums there as well. And it's quentincollinsmusic.com. So we are going to carry on the show this evening with a little bit of fun, actually, from Christian McBride. Going back just a few years, well, I say a few years, nine years, actually, 2011, Christian had an album out then called uh, Conversations with Christian and a track that featured Dee Dee Bridgewater. It sounds like they were having a whole bunch of fun in the studio that day. It's your thing. And that's next on Straight Ahead. 606 Gift Vouchers, a unique present for those who love the good things in life. Slap it one more time, baby. Get down. Ow. I felt that one. Let hit me, me hit time. me, hit me. Oh, Lord. It's your thing. I do what you want to do. I can't tell you who to sock it to. Because it's your thing. I do what you want to do now. I can't tell you. Who to sock it to If you want me to love you Or maybe I will I need to baby But it ain't no big deal You need your love now Just as bad as I do Makes me no difference baby Who you give your thing to oh, Cause it's your thing It's your thing Do what you wanna do I wanna talk to you, baby. Talk I to wanna me. talk to you, hot as I. 
sounded like they're having so much fun in the studio. I'd forgotten how good that track was. Christian McBride there, along with Dee Dee Bridgewater, and It's Your Thing. So Gregory Porter was due to be coming over to the UK this year, but that's been postponed for the time being. But there is still an album coming out called All Rise. And a few lead singles they've released from it, and one of those we're going to play next on the show this evening, and it's Phoenix. all alone it's inspiring in me love falling from grace can rise from the ashes and fall into place love is just like a phoenix it can fly it can glow and it's based upon the dreams that we've both been dreaming of promises you know promise you Love is just like a phoenix Let it sky, let it grow This is just a thing that oh, I've been dreaming of The promises you know Promise you know In love we've come so far Look to the stars, hold on to me Take my like a phoenix it can fly it can glow and it's based upon the dreams that we've both been dreaming of oh 
Gregory Porter and Phoenix. So to one of the club's loyal friends, Jamie Cullum. He had an album out last year called Taller, which I'm sure is a little bit of a parody. And uh, the track we're going to listen to this evening on Straight Ahead is Life is Grey. Only yesterday I told myself that life is grey Didn't make me sad Made me feel human only yesterday I told myself that love is green Greener than the trees Growing in my bedroom Made me want to lose myself Lose myself In a song about the sun All the many things That I don't understand Like I did since I was young 
Made me want to open doors, sleep on floors in a world outside your door. Watch a movie, play some piano, write a sonnet, and build an army. Let's build an army. Will you love me? Let's build an army. Only yesterday, I realized that tall, dark tune punctuates the sky. A giant's exclamation. Shame on our beloved nation. The codes we send as ash into the sky. Oh, so cure me from tiny glories. And I'll dig for beauty and build an army. Let's build an army. Now, will you love me? Then build an Hope you're enjoying the different taste and flavour of music this week. I say just a little bit more contemporary, showing you some of the great jazz that's available and being recorded right now. Just like this from Robert Glasper and Of Dreams to Come, which features Vincent Arch on the bass and Damon Reed on the drums.
many thanks indeed for your company this Wednesday evening. I do hope you enjoyed the jazz. Slightly different flavours. I say, who knows what's going to be happening next week? Who knows? Our guest, I can tell you, is Gabriel Latchin, carrying on in our series of interviews. And uh, we'll be back here at the same time, 10 o'clock next Wednesday evening. And we're going to finish the show with Kurt Elling, a beautiful, beautiful track called Washing the Water. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll catch you here next week at 10 o'clock for more Straight Ahead. River, river, carry me on. Living river, carry me on River, river, carry me on To the place where I come from So deep, so wide Will you take me on your back for a Bring me something to 
to help me get to sleep. And in the washing of the water, will you take it all away and bring me something to take this pain away?